Welcome to Soul Conversations with Sandra, the podcast. Welcome, welcome. Today we are having a great guest. All my guests have been great. But I really love this young lady because when I first started on Instagram, she was one of uh, the first people that liked what I was doing. You know, she always had a little comment, a little suggestions, and always uh, kept me feeling like I was part of her family in a lot of her um, her posts and her lives. So I am happy to welcome her now. Her name is Allison. She's with Beat Peace with Allison. So I'm going to wave at her because she's waving at me, and I'm going to request her in. Soul Conversations with Sandra, the podcast. We're here just in this free uh, free podcast to just have a great conversation and welcome anybody in that is listening. Hi, how are you? Hi, your little intro is so touching and sweet. I have to say you're like one of my favorite people that I engage with on here. So that was very sweet. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, hold on a second. I'm trying to figure out how to get rid of something here um, and uh, uh, let's see if we can uh, get it moving here okay I guess it's got it's telling me that it's telling my followers so it's got this big banner across it but I don't think that'll show up no I don't see anything yeah so let's get started because we've got oh, an hour I know with me I, I grew up a chatterbox. I love to talk. Mm -hmm. So we'll probably go just over an hour because I'm just this, this, I'm like a kid in a candy shop. What's this? What's this? What's this? How do you do this? How does this work? So I'm kind of, I'm kind of ready. All right. So my first, we're going to talk about, I'm good. It's a two-parter question. It's about life path, but I know from, listening to what you've been through in your life, how you got to where you are. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. So can we start there? Do you, is that too personal to talk about? Nothing okay. off the table. I'm an open book. <laughs> okay. So I know that, I don't know if this was the start of your beginning of your journey, but you mm -hmm. had some issues with health. And I was really, really, the pictures that you showed me were like, how did she get from there to here? Yeah. Oh, man. So that's definitely a significant part of the journey for sure. Um, I don't know. You guys have probably seen the little memes and stuff like that on social media that say, if you don't take care of your wellness, you're going to have to take care of your illness, right? And the interesting thing about illness is that 90% of disease and illness in human beings relates back to stress and trauma in some capacity. So just planting that seed there. So yes, I got very sick. Around 2017 is when I started noticing like something's not right. I just knew something wasn't right in my body. And the conventional sick care system kept saying, oh, no, you're fine, and you're fine. I'm like, no, 
I'm not, something's going on. So long story short, I found some functional, more holistic medicine practitioners. And that too has been a journey and I won't deep dive too much into that. But one of the, the practitioners I found said to me, like part of his medicine for me was daily meditation. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know, I used to be really spiritual and I've got become kind of disconnected from this aspect of myself and my I'm in yoga teacher training and they want me to date, meditate every day and my doctor, my holistic doctor does. So clearly the universe wants me to do something. Now, meditation did not heal me, but it helped me jump timelines in my healing. There's a lot of spiritual and scientific reason for that. And then everything else came crashing in after that. Um, I realized I wanted to help other people um, to really experience the similar kind of healing. And then I went through a spiritual awakening, my second one of my life, that was telling me, hey, Alice, in this job that you're working, you're just going through the motions of the matrix. You need to do something else. And so it, it just continued to evolve from there and push me into this path. Okay, okay, okay. So, okay, so here we are. We're in this path. You're, it, it, is this the, okay, is this the jump off point? Is, is this the, the, the deep dive, or is this just the calm before the, the Allison storms? So I would say the chronic illness, experiencing chronic illness, was just kind of getting everything revved up. <laughs> it was like, it was, that was the, the kickstart. Whereas um, my, so I've had two spiritual awakenings. My first one was in my 20s. And then my second one was in my 30s and um, 38, going on 39 now, but it was a few years ago. And what happened was everything just started, like, triggering the fuck out of me. I'm so thinking, I was just oh, like... We're pirates over here. Go ahead. <laughs> everything. And I was like, I knew... I knew, I had enough awareness that what was happening is old programmings were kind of being like stirred up. And so this, it was a really uncomfortable time as all any and all of you who have been through spiritual awakenings know <laughs> it's not pleasant. Um, but it made me realize, so it was almost like the chronic illness, which I'm about 90% healed. Now there's like one little thing we're getting there. It's happening. Um, and that's a miracle because most people with chronic illness feel like they'll never get over it. That's not true. Um, but anyways, so it started like just um, the chronic illness was, was basically the universe being like, hey, bitch, pay attention. And then I started paying attention. And by paying attention, I realized that I was not in alignment with why I had incarnated here on earth. And then that's where like, that's where everything was getting stirred up right there. Right. Right. And for me too, I've been through, I think I've been through um, an awakening process mm -hmm. or spiritual process in every area of my life. Mm -hmm. So the last awakening was like source told me, this is it. You're, you're awakening everything. And just kind of sourced it, what are you going to do now? Mm -hmm. You know, kind of like the ball's in your court. Mm -hmm. You can do anything mm -hmm. 
want and I'm going to always say yes. Mm -hmm. Even if they, even if you call it a negative, I'm still going to say yes because I gave you free will. I'm not going to usurp it. So now you're awake in all these areas. Now jump. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And, and, <laughs> 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 oh my God, yes, yes. So I was like, man, I really want to make this thing that I'm experiencing my purpose and my passion. But we live in a 3D reality. Let's face it. We live in a like material 3D reality. So not unfortunately anymore because I love what I do, but unfortunately we have to work. Right. So it's like this process of turning my passion into my living so I could be really embodied in what I do. And like, I like to say, thank goddess, thank goddess, because I just like wake up every single day now so happy that I get to help other others tap into pleasure and peace and abundance in their lives too. But I had to go through that not so pleasant time first. <laughs> I think, I think it's, uh, I think the part of the awakening process is, is the, is what they call the dark night of the soul which cannot, it's not comfortable because what it is, is your inner being making you aware of everything mm -hmm. on um, just above the surface of that inner mm -hmm. and everything that is projecting outward. And it's not comfortable because it's you um, being, being like looking in a mirror and having the mirror talk to you and tell you, look, this is what's going on, bitch. You need to get yourself together. You know, okay, here it is. You got to deep dive in, in yourself. What parts of you are you holding on to yeah. that no longer serve you? And some of those parts are, are, are what you don't really, what you've been told not to let go of. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, exactly. I like, like, um, it's almost like our, our, our ego, our human self, our, I would say wounded ego, because I don't think actually all ego is necessarily bad. I think ego is, is the 3D human aspect of us versus higher self or spirit or source. And we're these dynamic multi-dimensional beings. And they're both important. But when you're going through a spiritual awakening, your wounded ego is basically like all the things that have been ingrained into your subconscious as this is truth and this is reality is being like, pulled out and it's very scary and there's a lot of resistance that resistance that comes to that in fact um just making me think about like sometimes i see people who are like i've been in this dark night of a soul for years or this long period of time and that's because their their ego is having a lot of challenge just letting go and trusting and surrendering into the process and I don't know why it is, but some people have a harder time tra transitioning to the next phase of their awakening. Yeah, because the ego is holding on. The ego mm -hmm. is just a, 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 what I consider to be kind of like a software package that our mind made, you know, made available to itself mm -hmm. while it was figuring out what, what, what consciousness, it became conscious and it said, what do I do now? How do I, how do I keep? Allison or Sandra say, mm -hmm. how do I do that? Well, it created this program that was able to take down um, downloads, but it didn't say, you know, uh, observe these downloads and only choose the ones that are for Allison or Sandra's greater good. Mm -hmm. It just, this, this, this download process. 
now we're getting in touch or most of us are getting in touch with soul and we're getting in touch with our body and we're getting in touch with all the, the mind within our body that was supposed to be a triune creator. And this other little process that was created said, well, I've been here long enough. I think I'm a being too, except mm -hmm. it's not attached to anything. So it doesn't want to give up presence in, in inside of you. So through those dark nights of the soul, man, your, your ego, that egoic mind system is pulling one way and source is saying, I'm expanding you the other way. And your ego is saying, no, I don't think so. Come back, right? And it, it yes. hurts, right? right? It hurts, yes, you know? Yes, there's, there's that conflict. Yeah. Right. So tell me, mm -hmm. so you're on this path, mm -hmm. out your, like we all do in our 3D our 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 the situation is we all have to support ourselves right mm -hmm. so you're you're finding what you love while healing through what you love mm -hmm. you found i want to i want to um show other people how they can heal too how mm -hmm. they don't have to be a victim of their trauma mm -hmm. so so that next part of the journey is that finding how finding out how mm -hmm. to this take this passion and make it what your what your business is how did you mm -hmm. you know <laughs> we could be here forever talking about that um <laughs> it, <laughs> i feel like it's kind of my business has evolved as i have evolved which i think makes sense because it's kind of a, re a reflection of me in many ways but when i first started out I called, I call, I'm now I call myself a spiritual life and business coach. But then when I first started out, I called myself a spiritual stress and trauma coach because I really had this acute understanding that if you're going through an awakening or even if you're not going through awakening and life just feels really fucking hard, ground zero for navigating that is and I know you mentioned you wanted me to mention this, so here, uh, regulating the nervous system, regulating the nervous system, uh, making your human, your human aspect of who you are feel safe. And when your human feels safe, then it makes it a lot easier to tiptoe into other possibilities. Um, I always like to say when I do manifestation work with people that the foundation and to manifesting anything is nervous system regulation and the reason why is twofold one is whenever i work with someone who wants to manifest something the most popular thing that people want to manifest is money or wealth or some kind of material thing like that and i get it i love money but when i ask them why do you want this they're like because it would make me feel safe it would make me feel secure so what this tells me is you don't actually desire the material thing you want to manifest into your life as much as a certain quality of existing within life and that's that feeling of safety and when you can start to feel safe in your body as a human then everything else you desire starts to fall into place because you're cool with or without it yeah yeah, it's we've been taught as human beings as just the humanness of us, okay? Because we have a beingness within us that actually keeps us alive and well. Mm -hmm. Just 
but the humanists in us is all those downloads that have been given to our our uh, egoic mind that say well if you have money you're going to feel safe if you have uh whether you're a man or a woman if you have a husband or a wife you're going to feel safe if you uh get a uh, a uh, great education and gra graduate from the best college ever you're going to be safe you're so it's basically us looking outside to things or two things or four things that make us feel safe instead of going within us and and regulating all the things that we were born with mm -hmm. bingo okay yeah okay i i always my philosophy is our internal reality creates our external reality, right? It's not the out other way in. It's not doing something in the external to shift the internal. And that's what a lot of people try to do. It's opposite of that. It's an inside game. Yes. I love the way you put that, an inside game. Mm -hmm. Because our soul came here to play. My, my, when I was meditating um, uh, one day, quite a while ago my soul my soul laughed at me <laughs> my soul said i came here to play you take yourself way too serious right and i went what who me right and when i started actually observing my life as i'm moving through it even now my daughter will remind me when my she'll remind me about something which reminds me that my inner or my ego is taking the forefront mm -hmm. and and being way too serious about things but you know if we play if we played at work like kids play when they play outside and play tea party or when they make patties out of the mud the reason why they're 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 so so uh the reason why they can eat the mud and enjoy it is because they're so in there they are they are that chef that they're playing at right and so i went oh so i need to play from the inside outward right so when you're you're talking about regulate uh, regulating your body it's body mind and soul work together to create so if we're not taking time to take care of our nervous system if we're not taking time to understand how the body works which is the science part of it or bi science biology part of it mm -hmm. then in one significant piece is that correct yeah and what i loved about your reflection was so you hit on so many parts that we could like even tailspin off into even more interesting continued conversations because you talked about playfulness and playfulness is like this inherent divine feminine attribute um regardless of your gender we're all comprised of masculine and feminine energy um it can be wounded un unhealthy or it can be divine healthy and being able to um lean into playfulness is inherently divine feminine but most people are wrapped up in wounded masculine all work no play hustle 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 right so that part stuck out to me and i consider divine feminine to be our direct link to source energy and divine masculine our direct link to earth so that was a super interesting thing i heard you say and another super interesting thing that i heard you say was talking about how like 
when kids are in playfulness, how present they are, how they're not like in the past or in the future, they're in the now and they're playing with that presence. Mm -hmm. And that really struck me as well too, because being able to be present is an inherently divine feminine trait too. Cause when we're in our divine feminine, we can be in a state of, um, ease and flow and receptivity. It's just a state of being, whereas divine masculine is a state of doing. So it was just a couple of things I heard you say as you reflected back to me in your own words that I thought was super interesting. Yeah. Okay, I'm looking at a comment. It's from, can you see the comments on your end yeah, as well? I, I can too. Um, it looks like D-Light Star. Right, so she's got a couple of comments going. And it sounds really like right on point. Um, I don't know if there's a question in there, but uh, while you get to enjoy all the emotions, okay. Um, yeah, I don't just... see a question, but I do see lots of interesting reflections. So thank you, right. Delight. Yes. You know, um, you know, I had somebody, and this was recently, um, I had a young lady who asked me because we're, uh, she's a friend of mine. So we're, mm -hmm. all, we're always having comments, uh, conversations. And when she goes into one of those uh, ego kind of things, she'll call me and she'll go, she'll have her moment. Mm -hmm. and after she's had have her moment, I'll go, well, you know, because she knows I'll reflect it back to her. And I'll say, mm -hmm. I heard your ego say blah, blah, this and blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. And she said, and so we talked about it, but she had texted me. She said, Sandra, is it okay that I'm in the feeling and the emotion? I said, well, God gave you, and I just used that word God because mm -hmm. everybody has different yeah. terminology. And I said, well, you know, almighty God gave you feelings and, and emotions for a reason. They're not just there to have so that you can push them away or resist them. They're, they're, they're opening up mm -hmm. direction mm -hmm. to you to heal yourself or to mm -hmm. pull yourself away from a situation or a certain, uh, or a certain uh, circumstance. And you're perfectly okay to have mm -hmm. your feelings and have your, it's when you get stuck there. Mm -hmm. And, um, and she, she said, explain that some more to me. I said, well, I'd have to go into ego. Are you ready for that? You know, that's, that's a conversation could, that could take a thousand years. Are you ready? <laughs> right. But we got to talk about it a little. How, when you're, um, when you're uh, coaching, mm -hmm. uh, do, you, do, you, uh, do you help people to understand the emotional aspect of, of, of the direction of their life and their choices is, is great. That's a great question. Um, all these questions you're asking me, I could talk about forever, um, but I'll try to be succinct. <laughs> so let's say a person comes to me with some kind of problem or emotional charge and they are stuck in the feeling of maybe a people-pleasing tendency, just to, just to give an example. I would ask, in addition to teaching my clients skills to regulate their nervous system so they can learn to feel safer and safer and safer in their bodies, we get super curious. I like to ask inquisitive questions to peel back the layers and kind of figure out what's going in the subconscious. I agree with you. Feeling is super important. Emotions are energy in motion. Crying is fabulous. 
it moves those uh, emotions out of our body um, so they don't get stuck. Stuck emotion results in disease. Stuck emotion. We hold our issues in our tissues, as they say. Uh, <laughs> have you ever heard so? So we want to process. We want to move. And you're right. The pro the you don't want to stay in a charged emotion and you also don't want to ignore it because then you kind of hold it within this beautiful shell of a human that you are and you get, I'm putting in air quotes, mental illness, um, and you get uh, disease and you get illness, you get all these things that if you had proper mechanisms for processing them wouldn't get stuck so a thousand percent agree we've got to let ourselves process it and then i also like to ask those inquisitive questions to peel back the layers i find when people understand their triggers it makes it a lot easier to find resolution and move forward right i i totally agree um i just went through not written through, well, I'm going to say I, I, no, I'm going to, I'm going to try to, uh, I was about to say I bumped up against something that I, I never really thought about. Mm -hmm. so I have this, uh, this, la the label is triggers, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and it's okay that we call it, call it that we call it what it is. It's our trigger, our or something within us, us being triggered by somebody who's having a conversation. Now, um, in in general, most people say, "I want to I want to have boundaries around those people that trigger me," mm -hmm. which not which is not going and getting rid of whatever's inside you that is being triggered, whether mm -hmm. it's uh, whether it's uh, generational or whether it's just uh, individual. Or, or, or something that's happened in your most recent past, meaning growing up, and meaning not from, not from mother to grandmother mm -hmm. to great-grandmother, but mm -hmm. your, your most recent go, growing up. And I, I, I dealt with a person who chose to um, allow her trigger to be her control, to control other people mm -hmm. so that she wouldn't be triggered. Right. Mm -hmm. What do you have you come up against that? And how do how do you work with that? So have I come up with against that in terms of my clients reflecting that kind of behavior, not within my clients, because I find that people who seek out coaching or spiritual support usually are more inclined to want to get to a resolution and get curious about why they feel a certain way. Right. However, I have worked with people who have been in dynamics or relationships with others who might be like the person that you were describing where um, instead of getting curious about why they're feeling emotionally charged and kind of projecting it onto others, you know, they do that instead of their own work. And when I hear that, I hear a person who feels very unsafe as a human in, in their body. And I hear a person who, for whatever reason, feels really safe to do the work. And so they have what we call unhealthy coping mechanisms and unhealthy coping skills. Does this give excuse any poor behavior or mistreating of other people? Absolutely not. Everybody is a thousand percent responsible for how they show up in life. Right. But when we 
usually in these dynamics, there'll be the healthier person, right? And when we have an awareness that their behavior is not because of us, but their behavior is because they haven't worked their shit out and they're refusing to do it, it enables us to feel less well, to not feel responsible, because I find that a lot of times people feel responsible for other people's behaviors. It's not it's not your responsibility. They got to do the work themselves. Right. I mean, that's what I, I, I come up when something gets triggered in me. It's like I, I, I go readily to the fact that, oh, so and so said something. And that made me feel, you know, that made me feel hurt or whatever. But it's just they said something and then I got triggered. Well, I've got to go in and, mm -hmm. and, and see where that's resonating at me. And then I have to go, Hey, you know, I have to go, I dive into meditation and I say, mm -hmm. okay, source, we're going to do a deep dive. Source is always going to say yes to me. We're going to do a deep dive. I need to know where this, this feeling is coming from. I don't mm -hmm. like, it. I've noticed that, that I've had it a lot when this particular conversation comes up and it doesn't matter which who's saying it it could be my 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 sister or it could be a best friend or it could just be somebody you know walking down the street and wanted to say good morning and then said oh you do this this and this and all of a sudden i'm just there yeah right you know first your ego wants you to blame blame that person okay block yeah. that okay you know you know, uh, okay, you need to up your boundary. Uh, uh, you know, I noticed that a lot of people will talk a lot about boundaries. And boundaries are good. I believe some boundaries are very healthy. But it's how you're setting those boundaries. If you're setting those boundaries to keep people out so you don't, you don't uh, vibrate the wrong way, then you're, to me, you're not addressing the yeah. actual way you're putting a band-aid on an open wound a thousand percent i always like to say our triggers are our teachers and your trigger um is going to teach you about unhealed parts of yourself um oftentimes it's a shadow aspect of yourself that you have smushed away mm -hmm. um also our brain is super interesting because it it, when we experience a traumatic event, and listen, trauma isn't necessarily like something like what, what we might think of like war. It can include war. All trauma is is the experience of too much happening too soon for the nervous system to be able to handle it. That's all it is. Let's not make it into – and I think people make themselves small sometimes. Oh, I haven't experienced this. Everybody has experienced something that's been really hard on them. Right. So anyways, I Um. So what happens is – when a traumatic event happens to a person, um, not only does it affect our subconscious to where we create, have these shadows, but what happens is a part of our brain um, will imprint this in as a memory. Oh, this situation happened and tuck it deep inside. And then when another situation happens that reminds the brain of that memory, we get a trigger. So someone says something and it reminds you of feeling abandoned as a child. Or um, I work with this one client who actually was in the military and has uh, a charged nervous system from that. And when people don't follow traffic laws, it really revs them up and makes them feel unsafe because 
let's say someone's driving on like the emergency, like, you know how they have the emergency passenger lane on like highways that you're not supposed to drive on. It really revs them up because to them, it feels very unsafe or reminds them of being stuck in certain kind of enclosed areas, even though that's not an unsafe situation. That person is just being a dill hole. Right. <laughs> so our, our brain will respond to situations that feel unsafe to us or remind us of times when we were harmed or, you know, aspects of ourselves that we've hidden our conscious brain from. So a lot of times when we get triggered, it's exactly like you said, a, per a reason to go, hold up. This person was not intentionally saying something unkind to me, but what they said made me feel some way. This is interesting. Let me deep dive. Right, right. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that let me deep dive. I've been do. I think I've been doing that since I was like young. Okay. Um, I don't know if my, I don't know if my soul was totally unveiled at a certain time, but yeah. there was just a dive questions that I would do. I would literally scare adults when I would ask questions because I grew up in an age where children should be seen, not heard. Let mm -hmm. asking and by questions or asking questions that would stump adults. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly, um, I would notice that uh, um, I, <laughs> okay, I would, this would be me back then. Now, I, I'm not going to say I'm totally like free from this yeah. because I think, uh, you know, it comes up quite a bit. Um, as a kid, when um, adults would say things that irritated me, right? I would say, okay, I'm going to go in my bubble now and mm. come in. That was my way of, of separating myself from them, right? I'm mm -hmm. going to go in my bubble now. You can't come in. And I would fo focus my mind on it. If, if it was like a teacher from school, I would be in that bubble mm -hmm. all eight hour, or six hours of the day, however long school lasted. I was in that bubble. But see, what I did was I put myself in that bubble because of them and because they had um, uh, uh, tread, they had tread hardly, I think, mm -hmm. hard on, 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 on what, what I consider my, they tried to tread hard on my threshold mm -hmm. of, of what I, I believed. And I wasn't ready to let go of what I, I what I wanted to say. Basically, if they were in that children should be seen and not heard kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. So I stayed in the bubble all day and I wouldn't let anybody in. Sounds like you developed like a coping mechanism that really was soothing to you is what I'm hearing a very soothing way of doing that so that like what brilliant natural intelligence you know you have that you leaned into you know it was like I'm in my bubble now don't, don't anybody bother me you know mm -hmm. it's, it's okay you think what you think and I'll 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 go and I'll still be me and I'll still do my work and I'll still you know that whole whole day mm -hmm. but it was like you know kind of like a kid going hmm, 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 mm -hmm. you know now but I bring it forward now. It didn't work for me as an as uh, becoming an uh, an adult. You know, uh, becoming a, a a mom and or or you know 
what I thought was supposed to be a wife and, and what I thought was supposed to be happily ever after. I found that bubble didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. I found that the, that the more I live life, the less uh, the integrity of the bubble didn't exist. You know, I wonder, I wonder if that's because as a kid, we only have so much autonomy. And so you have to deal with the situation at hand sometimes. So the bubble was your protection. Whereas as you evolved into an adult, you had more autonomy to make decisions about how you like wanted your life to look and who you wanted it to s surround yourself with. So it's like, you know, bubbles not going to work now. Now you get to use your autonomous, you know, power to make decisions about how you want your life to look. Yeah. And at that point, it's like sometimes how I wanted my life to look didn't exactly work out. It'd be <laughs> you know, like that sometimes. <laughs> well, you know, that choice I made, oh, that didn't work out the way I thought it was going to go. You know, that that kind of, and, and I'm going to say like anybody else, I learned my lessons that when I got stuck in those emotions and those feelings about that, it wasn't a great it wasn't a great feeling because once you get stuck in them mm -hmm. um it starts to it starts to really hurt the inside and then reflect outward you know kind of kind of thing so i got one more what is the time we got time we got we got at least 30 40 minutes okay so i'll, I'll give you an example for me when I was, I was starting, you know, my spiritual, you know, trying to figure out how I wanted to do my spiritual business. I have two, uh, I can say I have two, two uh, things going at the same time. Mm -hmm. I, I source thinks I'm a, a multitasker. All I got to say is, okay. So I've got my, my, uh, my accounting business, Marshall Account Solutions. I've got that going on, trying to figure that out. And then, um, then while I was trying to figure that out during COVID, I said, oh, I can do soul, a soul awakening with Sandra. And my, my granddaughter said, oh, let me set up Instagram, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, you've got so much to say. So she helped me along that, that path. So in that path, I was trying to figure out, you know, the business aspect. Because for me, I never was one of those people. If I give you information, I'm not expecting anything back. Mm -hmm. If I'm giving you spiritual information or if I'm giving you something and I'm just doing it from my heart, right? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to market. You know, it's like, you want me to market that and charge somebody for something for a gift that God has given me? How do I even do that? Well, when I started out doing it, it was, you know... Um, you know, uh, mindset, changing your mindset, doing the grind, you know, that kind of whole kind of thing. And I got on a cold call with a, you know, uh, a, a renowned person that, you know, I was listening. You listen to the first 30 minutes of what they got to say, and that pulls you in it. And then they then they do the cold call. And it mm -hmm. feels so inept mm -hmm. because they went from um, – I really love your page to, if you don't do it our way, you're not going to, your page isn't going to succeed or your, your, your uh, soul awakening with Sandra isn't going to get where it needs to go. And basically they were saying, if you don't pay us 10 grand, mm -hmm. right, you're not going to get where you're going to go. So my thing is, what makes your spiritual 
business practice, right? Different from theirs. Go. Oh, man. And I could talk on this forever. Why do you keep asking such good questions? <laughs> um, okay, so I want to unpack a few different things. I want to talk about spiritual entrepreneurs and the lightworker money wound. So if I forget to go back to that, please remind me. And I also want to talk about how there's a fuck ton of bullies in the online space. And I'm not about that shit where people are trying to make others feel bad about whether or not they decide to invest in themselves or their business. That is the antithesis of trauma informed. So I hate that shit so much. I've had that happen to me on calls too, where like, you know, for whatever reason, I might not want to invest because maybe it's out of my budget. Maybe I don't like them. Maybe it's not what I'm looking for. Doesn't matter. A no means no. And when you press against someone saying no, that is rape culture. If someone says, I don't want to buy that from you and you, and they say to you, um, and, and they, and you say to them, well, you're not going to get exactly what you want unless you do. How is that any different than a person um, in a sexual situation having, uh, let's just do a, a dynamic of a man and a woman. Um, and I don't have any hard feelings against men. I'm just trying to contextualize this. I love my husband. But let's say the man is like, if you don't have sex with me, you must not really love me. How is this any different? It's not. It's fucking rape culture. So just want to get that out. <laughs> Thank you um, that out, you know, because I wouldn't have thought to put it in those exact words. But if we're going to put it in real life terms, okay, just that analogy is really great, you know. So um, I do charge for my services. My services, the price range, depending upon if someone works for me, ranges between fifty dollars and six thousand five hundred. I'm upfront about my prices. Um, there's no, like, if someone were to send me a DM and ask how much a particular offer uh, was, I would tell them. I wouldn't make them get on a call with me and wait till the end because people want to know if it's in their budget or not. And if it's not in their budget, then I'm going to, you know, let's not waste each other's time. It's okay. We all have budgets. Um, with that said, the sales can be super icky but i think that if you are running a spiritual business and i think if you're in the helping field and you're making money off of helping others and i don't think there's anything wrong with that because we live in a world where we need money to survive um then you also need to approach it differently you can't be selling to people like they're in radio shack or trying to buy a computer you're working with real people with real emotions who are real humans and so I think that's the big thing that differentiates myself between there's a lot of people like me. I'm not like unique, but between me and people like the person you told me the story about, they're not trauma informed and they're looking at people as dollar signs, whether rather than um, them fulfilling a soul mission to help people raise the vibration of the planet, heal, find peace find abundance and really live a, like a, a happy life. And what we really want in a coach client relationship is a healthy dynamic that is symbiotic. I'm helping you and you're helping me. Right. And isn't that how like life goes on? They're helping me sustain my business and my, pay my bills and do the things I need to do. And I'm helping them achieve exactly what it is that they desire. And that's really what we want out of this dynamic. But I will never coerce someone or make someone feel insecure uh, 
I want someone when they sign up to work with me to be like, I'm so excited. I can't wait. I am happy. This is what I've been looking for. Maybe a little nervous because doing new things is scary. Let's just like anytime I've done anything new, whether that was working with a coach or I don't know, I get nervous even going to new yoga studios, even though I've been practicing 15 years, like you know, new is scary. So that's okay because Abundance is on the other side of fear, and we got to step into discomfort to expand. But by no means do I want anyone in a trauma response when they start to work with me. Right. Okay. So that's good. So, um, light worker warrior wound. Yes, light worker money wound. So, there is, we have a culture of people with deep money trauma, and we have a culture of people with really, for lack of better words, bad money mindset. I would like to process this by saying, this is the matrix trying to keep you down, sister and brother. That's exactly what it is. Because all money is, is energy. Everything is energy. I am an energetic being. You are energetic being. The words coming out of my mouth are energy. Money is energy. And money responds in, in, to more energy. It responds to our thoughts. It responds to our beliefs. So what I see a lot of are these people who go into spiritual um, businesses, right? They get this calling to do this spiritual work. And then they're like, but I feel bad charging money. That's what the matrix wants you to think. It wants to keep you small and it wants to keep you insignificant. Have, the reason that people think that charging money for spiritual services is bad is because we've been told by the matrix it's bad. Because right. um, monks and priests and different organized religious leaders takes, take vows of poverty. And it's, we have this whole cultural belief system in it. But I would really encourage anybody who is not charging money and they want to. If you don't want to, that's cool to do. Do what you know what I mean? Like do what you want to do. There's no rules. But if you want to charge money and you're not, I'd really say this is an opportunity to deep dive into that subconscious. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because your matrix may just as well be um, uh, one of your uh, old dogmas that your egoic mind keeps uh, 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 spilling out to you. I know for me, that's, that's it. You know, it's um, yeah. not just, uh, first off, it's not just my, my, my mind within my, my, all of my body, because my mind within all of my body wants me to jump on the, jump on the program and get, get, you know, uh, spiritually creative in, in every area of my life, including my pro uh, professional life. But that, that matrix part of the egoic mind says, nope, you can't charge somebody for spiritual stuff. You're going to have to figure out no, no, you're going to have to go back to a eight, eight hour, 40 hour work week and you're going to be miserable, but you'll get a lot of money. You'll get, you'll have a, a, a steady paycheck and, and that whole kind of, that whole kind of vibe. And for me, it's like, you're back again, get in the back, seat. put on that seatbelt, pull the seatbelt tight. Oh, oh, forgot your gag, put the gag in. Hush. So I'm getting out of that. Or, or allowing that mentality to move through me about money. Mm -hmm. Also, I grew up in, in a time where people would say, you know, I didn't, I didn't hear this from my mom. 
because she was she was she was great but i would hear it for the other adults that were around me uncles and and aunts and whatnot who would always say well the uh the money doesn't go on trees for your mom you need to you need to uh you need to stop uh uh i think my uncle would say you need to stop needling her mm -hmm. about about what you want don't you know you can't get what you want you don't you won't always get what you want and but I, as a kid, I would retort, and of course, I tell mm -hmm. you, children should not be children should be seen, not heard, and in most places, children shouldn't be seen. When the adults come into the room, the the children have to go and play in another room. Mm -hmm. But my my question was, money does. It wasn't a question; it was a statement. But money does grow on trees, you know. And you'd have the uh, adults looking at you, but wait, trees are vibrations money grow money comes from trees they make paper right and then they print money on the paper so it does come from trees so money does grow on trees right literally. you know literally <laughs> i didn't know back then i was putting uh you know uh you know spiritually two and two yeah. and making like, like yes making have you ever seen the documentary or read the book the secret yes well i so seen the, i seen the documentary the I, seen I love that the thing I love about the documentary is I noticed this last time I watched it. I watched it every few months. I was watching it. And every single person that they had speaking was very affluent. But every single person speaking did not grow up in affluence. And they had a various people of race and gender speaking. And there were people who were homeless. And there were people who were incarcerated. The reason that they became abundant is because they believed they could become abundant. Right. And then they took that knowledge and that wisdom and knowledge, universal wisdom and knowledge, it's out there for every everyone. And they took it and they started writing books about it. Yeah. They started doing videos about it. They started sharing about it. And when they were doing that, the more they gave, Source said, okay, the more you're giving, okay, the more you're receiving, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So Exactly. It, 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 and being a good giver, you have to be a good receiver, right? I give, I, you know, I just, my mother would tell me every time I go to school, maybe not every, not every day of the week, but there was a good time at least once a week. I would come home without a sweater because there, if there mm. was somebody else who was cold and I noticed that they never had a sweater, I'd give them mine, mm. right? And then, of course, my mom would say, Where's your sweater? I get ready to open my mouth, and she said, "Never mind. I know. Ooh. You know, it, it got to mm -hmm. that, that kind of thing." And it wasn't like I would go to school the next day looking for the kid to bring it back to me. Yeah, it was. I I go to school. I'd have another sweater on, and and I was done. It's like if I have it by me to give to you, and you say to me, um, "Can I borrow?" It's I'm not allowing you to borrow it from me if I have it by me to give. I'm going to give it to you. But if I don't have it by me to give, I'm going to say, well, I'll give it to you for now. And if by the time you're ready to pay me back, if I don't need it, I won't receive it. Mm -hmm. I left myself open, you know, kind of like to do that. So now I've been doing that so long. It's like, okay, I'm no longer in a, I'm no longer 
uh, and thanks to COVID, this was a, a decision that was on the horizon. It became the catalyst that had me, you know, move into that decision. So I went from uh, working 40 years in corporate America to retiring early two years. And that's just the, you know, set amount of money, right? Yeah. And, and you know, okay, I'm starting my, my martial accounts business and going, hmm, I don't know how to, I don't know how to market. I know how to, I know how to do my, my accounting work with my eyes closed. I know that part, mm -hmm. but I don't know the, the marketing part. And then through what, what I do with accounts, what, with uh, Soul Awakening, I'm learning how to go back and do the marketing part, right? But there, there had to be a surrender and all of that long talk to get to the surrendering part. What part of your surrender, mm -hmm. not, not giving up, but surrendering to what your gifts, what your skills, what your talents are, was a part of what you're doing now. Because mm -hmm. I, I, I just, I see your stories. I see your, 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 your post. I'll go in and I'll watch some of your videos, the ones that I can watch. Um, uh, and there was a, I know there was a surrender there. When did mm -hmm. it, I feel it, the, your, 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 your information vibrates off the page, at least to me, I don't know to anybody else when there's a surrender there. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of hard to put into words in a way, which makes sense. Right. Um, I think, I think probably, I mean, I can probably, in my very recent past, the past couple of years, identify a few different parts where I learned how to tap into surrender a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. And it's kind of part of that goes back to learning to feel safer, learning to feel safer, learning to feel safer. It's easier to surrender when you feel safe. But um, I think that the biggest part is kind of a similar story to yours. I was doing this work part time and I was unhappy in my um nine to five i'd worked in my nine to five for over 11 years and i started off at my nine to five making not very much money and um my family experienced a lot of money trauma during the recession um back in i forget when that was like 2007 or so those years around there um so i had a lot of money trauma i was pretty broke um, and, and then I'm giving you this backstory for a reason. And then by the time I had been in my career, and I used to love my career. And then by the time I was there for 11 years, I was finally making good money. I'd worked my way up the ladder and I didn't like it anymore. And so I was like, well, I guess I, uh, you know, married. So I wanted to make sure my husband felt comfortable with the decision because we share our bills. And I was like, I'm going to quit my job and do this spiritual business thing full time. And he was very supportive, which was helpful. But I remember when I actually turned my notice in, I was like crying. I was so scared. <laughs> and that was a moment of surrender. Surrender isn't always easy. It isn't always pretty. It doesn't always feel good. But there was still a part, my human was scared, but my higher self was like, it's gonna be all right. So that is one of my big surrender stories, which is very similar in many ways to your surrender story too. Right. Yeah. 
you know so we're getting down to that last five minutes so <clears throat> what i want to talk about okay first i know the people in this 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 uh that are listening to us we want you to come back i have a spot at the end of april i would like to talk to you about if you'll be available to come back at the end of april so um i'm going to contact you i'm going to dm you about that because you're absolutely right there is so many questions that I could ask that we could like just deep dive yeah. into, you know, and, and I think, you know, just sources vibrating with me that there are a lot of people that want to know that, that deep dive. Yeah. So maybe we'll talk about something that vibrates with you that we can just spend the whole hour talking about. Mm. Dive. And I have a feeling this is going to be more than, you know, the end of, 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 of April, I think it's going to be like, like some sessions that we're going to do, cool. you know, just about deep, deep diving, you know, and, and, you know, because there are a lot of people who are traumatically hurting. Yeah. And some of them that, you know, they're, they're perusing every place. They're perusing Facebook, they're perusing, you know, uh, TikTok, and, and they're, they're not, they don't know how to tap into the inner, that inner sanctum of themselves to find someone comfortable to do that. Yeah. And maybe if they hear the conversation going on, then they'll find out, oh, I feel comfortable yeah. with that person. I, I feel comfortable, you know, if we're giving suggestions of books to read and, and, and videos to watch and, and stuff like that. So definitely, I want you to come back for the end of April. I hope everybody says yes. Put a red heart if you if you if that's something that you would like. And even if you don't put the red heart in, I'm in, I'm inviting you back. I plan this. I'm gonna be at the very end of uh, April in uh, Nashville at a friend's wedding, but I definitely want to chat with you again. We'll definitely have to carve out a well, time to do that. Yeah. So if it isn't the end of April, it can be. You know, May is, yeah. is spring, so we can start uh, springtime off well it's 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 almost the end of spring but you know same thing <laughs> so anyway i i want to talk about a couple of things uh move eat breathe costa rica retreat yeah yeah you're so sweet to ask about that okay. okay so um in addition to being a life coach and a business coach i am a retreat facilitator so I um, ho am joining forces with one of my friends, Elizabeth. And, um, oh, cold callers? The, not about the cold calls, girlfriend. Not about the cold calls. Okay. I, I, we need to develop real relationships with our audience, and half those people are scammers. Okay, so the movie Breathe Retreat is um, I'm joining forces with one of my girlfriends to host this international yoga and wellness experience from July 15th to the 22nd. All bodies welcome. I there are people coming who have never done yoga before. You don't have to be the perfect yogi. So if you're interested in learning more, you can reach out to me. All right. Liberation Women Retreat. Yeah. Go. So that one's not international. That one is local in uh, Pennsylvania. From May 11th to 14th, I have three spots left. Um, registration is closing April 10th because I have to get a final headcount to the resort. But it's going to be at an eco-chic mountain resort 
Um, and the whole theme of this particular retreat is inner child healing and mind-body connection. And so hopefully you come away with some new soul sisters while feeling very rejuvenated and refreshed. All right. So we're going down the line. Mastery Manifestation <laughs> Mini Courses. That's still available? Yes, that's my free manifestation um, program. It's a little mini course, self-guided, self-paced. And so if you were to follow me on uh, Instagram and click the link in my bio, you could find it there. Okay. Well, you know, I'm clicking the link. So, okay. <laughs> um, then we have the last one. Uh, it's called Meditation Insight Timer. Okay. I get meditation and I get insight. What's the timer part of it? So there's actually an app called Insight Timer, and it's a free meditation app. Um, and so you can download it and get access to tons of free meditations, and I have a few meditations on it. So if you guys want to go find Insight Timer, put it on your phone, and then look up Allison Grass. My last name is Grass. You could find me and hear my voice guiding you through meditations. Uh, that's beautiful. All right, so tell people where they can um... – I know you have Linktree. I do know you. So you can go to her bio, click Linktree, and you can find her there. Um, is there any place else that they need to know specifically about that will titillize them and vibrate with them? I would know. Instagram's the best place to start off. You know, you can follow me here, see if you like me. Okay. <laughs> um, if you do click my link tree, it does give links to, which is that link in my bio, it does give links to other things like my website, for example, um, where you could like read reviews or see video testimonials from former clients on there. So you could check that out, but it's all available on Instagram. Great. Great. I'm so excited. I'm excited because she's coming back. I am. See, we. We don't know the, the the day or the month, but she is coming back. I already feel that. I got I got a massive download on that. Um, Delight Star, you are from India. I thank you. Um, I'm sorry that we couldn't read your uh, your comments because we just needed to get out a lot of information. So uh, you know, it, it's 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 an hour, you know, or so, and. Uh, you know, I just want to give you guys as much of Allison as I can. So I hope you forgive me if I did not, um, you know, engage uh, a lot. So thank you, thank you, and thank you, Allison. Thanks I for having me. I always enjoy, like, engage, like, talking to you and engaging with you. You're such a sweet soul. I know we've, you know, communicated in all different ways before. So I'm very happy to always be in your presence. Oh, thank you so much. And Allison has a Facebook page, right? I closed that group down because it was okay. too much work to maintain. Oh, okay. Well, you missed out on some, some, just some, some great women and some great information. But like she says, you can find her here on Instagram. Yes. And sometimes I do card pools on Instagram since I don't do them in my group anymore. So I'll do like um, card pools and light language activations for folks. So. Keep your eyes peeled for those. Those are always fun to do here. Yes. She is your local neochi. She is your I. Te te uchendeki i mata. Agrestangorista bagragas. Purista dagrestangongo. Yes, she got a little activation when you started talking. It stirred up in me. Yeah. And 
And if anybody doesn't know, if they're kind of like um, from the baby boomers or even older, light language is just what we used to call tongues. It's the same idea as Judeo-Christian speaking in tongues. I agree. I put uh, accept that it's just source energy of whatever your belief system is coming through you. Uh, yeah. And, and, and it's, souls get to talk to each other. In, 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 in what is not what human beings call, uh, call their language. Mm -hmm. Souls embrace um, other souls that have been with each other for eons. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you surrender to your light, like to the light language, your soul gets to be perfectly present within you. So it's magic. It's <laughs> totally magic. I feel I feel like at at right now my my mind doesn't even try to make sense of it. It just relaxes into it. Mm -hmm. And I just love it. So yes. glad you that you are a light language uh initiator because that's wonderful. I w and that's gonna be we're gonna have to talk about that. You yeah, know. maybe we'll have to cover that next time and then do some light language activations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you activate it? Uh, what do you mean? Can can she activate it right now within you? Or are you talking about, about me? Um, I was told that Source uh, speaks directly through me, through my soul to me, and that um, I always activate someone when I'm speaking, do I know I, I'm doing it? That human part of me? No. And to be activated, to be responsive to it, you have to have a lot of divine feminine energy in you and a lot of surrender and being able to receive. When you get into the thinking brain, that's going to pull you out of that direct connection. You just got to let it flow through you. Nigel, um, uh, kind sir that you are, he asked, um, do you understand each other? Souls, yes, the souls within us, the beingness that's when us within us understand. Do as I can only speak for myself. My human part doesn't. Uh, the only time that I translate it is if soul, if source and soul want me to, and then they're the ones that are finding the words that I have within me to translate. Uh, and as for me, my body. An energy system was very receptive when she started talking in light language. I got like this ripple. I was like, and it was like my soul got all excited. Like, well, I want to do this now too. Like, it very much so like felt it. Um, I don't understand on the human cognizant level of what she said. However, when I channel, I know what it means. Right. I my core cognizance knows what it means when it's coming through. So like when I do like card pools for people or multidimensional energy healing sessions for people, I can tell them what was activated and healed as we did it. Right. The same thing when I do my oracle cards. Yes. You know. Um let's see. Uh Giselle said uh she said know me by myself. Um, if if you've been open and activated to it, yes, you're going to, whenever Source wants to speak through you, it will just happen. For me, I, I will explain it this way. For me, I am an all or nothing kind of gal. And when something resonates with me so powerfully, and this has been ever since I've been a kid, I will just surrender to it. And I remember going to a holiness church uh, on my my 
path, my path surge. And I was listening and I was, um, I was, I was so vibratory with listening to the, 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 them speak in tongues. I think it was my soul saying, ooh, I'm home. Though the Holiness Church wasn't, it didn't uh, fit the greater package of mm -hmm. me. I, I said out loud as a child, I'm going to do that one day. And then, you know, as a kid, I kind of, you know, went on to doing, you know, other things and other things took precedent. Uh, and then I was on someone else's, um, no, when I started to listen to Abraham Hicks, and a Abraham Hicks is, a, is, is her soul plus other, other souls combined that, are, are, that have come to use her as a vessel to give information. Then again, I said, if, 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 if she can allow her soul to translate through her, I can too. I want to do that. And one day I was just in my meditational bath and not only did I hear my soul speaking in, in what my mind ca called English in a different uh, tonality, right? I knew it was, I knew it wasn't my human voice. Mm -hmm. so, and then um, a few months later, I was, somebody was speaking light language who was a light language initiator. I didn't know that at that time but when i went for my meditational bath the next morning and went into meditation my light language happened but mm. for me it was like total surrender this is going to mm -hmm. happen but don't know i don't know when and actually don't know why and don't know what the translation is going to be but i know i'm here to serve and i know that i know that i know that that's part of the gift that's being open to me i just didn't know when I had a similar experience. Right? <laughs> I mean, you know, and then you just know what you you have to do. And you begin to, and sometimes when you don't ask source for what they know, they're just giving of what they know. Like, um, I just found out that my soul is, where people stop at the Egyptian and they think that's how old things are, our souls are a lot older than that. Our souls are, if we are the only ones that put old to it, old and young, our souls are forever. That's what I'm getting right now. They're forever. They're not yeah. solar system. They, they weren't playing just in this solar system. Oh my gosh. So, so talk about all this stuff next time. Cause yeah. <laughs> I really want to, I, I feel like we could have a lot of fun talking about this because time doesn't exist and our past lives are happening right now at the same time as our present lives and all this stuff. So yeah, I think that combined with our light, we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> yes. So we will um, uh, get together. We will find out what, what and when we're doing next. And then I will let, uh, keep you guys appraised. Sounds great. Thanks for having me, Sandra. Thanks for accepting, receiving, and, and, and showing up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's not, everybody give much gratitude to Allison. If you are truly grateful for her being here, just say thank you, Aww. thank you. By the time you get to the third thank you, you it's <laughs> going to be so embodied that she's going to feel it right where she is right now. So thank you so much. Uh, Nigel, I saw... I saw light language in people when young. Never knew that was happen happening. 
Thank, uh, interesting. Thank you. You are so welcome, Nigel. And uh, Nigel, Nigel, source speaks through Nigel with it, with this art. You have to go to Nigel's page, Nigel Clegg, and and look at this art and and watch how source works. I'm going to tell you that gave me that was such vibrational chills. So thank you, Nigel. All right, everyone, I am going to close this uh, this podcast with uh, 10845. I'm into numbers, too. I'm learning more and more about them. And uh, thanking you for, you know, coming through and listening to us have a conversation, a soul conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Right. Bye, y'all. Have a great weekend. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right, I, I want to thank you guys for joining Soul Conversation, uh, the podcast. Um, just for your pleasure, I am doing a podcast tomorrow, same time, 11.30 um, and 2.30 uh, p.m. East Coast time. I am going to um, have a, a, a friend uh, have a, it's called a Casual Saturday. And we're just going, to, I want you to, um, hear what she has to say about life, you know, about being a mother, about being um, uh, an ex, about, you know, how her path grew and uh, how she applies her spiritual uh, uh, gifts in her everyday life. So um, join me with Casey. She goes by Queen Casey. And um, matter of fact, let me get her full uh, name. It's called Queen Casey Starseed. All right. So join me tomorrow. It's 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 April first, and it's a a, a a special edition. Join me. Love you. Thank you. Be blessed.